everybody. Episode 25. Uh, today we're going to be talking about something that I'm really excited about. It's that time of year. Uh, it's something that I think is a challenge for everybody. Uh, it's something that confuses everybody. And the reason I wanted to do this topic is I struggled with it when I was in the position many of you are in. Another reason why I wanted to do it is because as I target junior sailors and junior level leaders with this podcast, uh, a lot of the feedback and encouragement and positive reinforcement I've gotten uh, from listeners has been from junior first classes who are in the position to either be doing this now or be doing this very soon. And then uh, the last reason was it's that time of year and I've been talking to a lot of people about it, uh, about how to do it, about all the misnomers and misinformation that's out there. Uh, So we're gonna try to tackle it all today with episode 25 and we're gonna be talking about Chiefs packages. We're gonna be talking about what they are, what goes into them, uh, how you construct those and put those things together, and then how you submit them. And then I also got something else that I'm really excited about. Uh, I got some perspective from a board member. And I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of misinformation, and this is the reason why I wanted someone with actual board experience to validate what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Uh, so what I did is I reached out to a mentor of mine who is a retired 30-year command master chief. He was a chief of the boat on submarines, and he sat both the chief's board and the senior chief's board. So he selected people to chief. He selected people to senior chief. Uh, he did this for a very long time at a very high level, and he went through this outline for me and validated the information. And then he also shared with me some really, really great gouge on not just cheese packages, but how they're viewed by the board and then the actual process of grading and selecting cheese packages and, and selecting people to chief. So I'm going to share all of that with you in this podcast. I'm really excited about it. And then I'm also putting together a YouTube video with slides to support it, which I think will be uh, ideal for this topic. I've been looking for something to finally get a YouTube video together. And so this is going to be it. So, so I'm going to use the audio from this podcast. I'm going to edit out a lot of the stuff that's not pertinent to the, to the slide deck. And then I'm going to put together a video. So that'll be out there as well. So there'll be a lot. Uh, make sure you process that. Make sure you process this outline. There's going to be links and clarifying information. There's going to be a lot of stuff in this outline that I highly recommend downloading from the website uh, so that you can maybe go back through and take some notes, uh, ask questions of the chiefs at your command uh, and potentially the senior chiefs and master chiefs that have sat the board as well. Uh, They can give you different perspectives and even more feedback. I'm really excited to get this one started. And so we're going to do that with a history segment and appropriately, it's going to be the history of the chief petty officer. Uh, I apologize in advance if I sound under the weather because I am, but I'm going to try to get through this with, uh, with no issues. So effectively running and fighting a warship relies on bridging the gap between officers and enlisted personnel. It was from this need that the creation of the rank of chief petty officer was born. Since the days of antiquity, highly skilled seamen have been prized for their knowledge and skill. As vessels grew more complex, duties began to split into different responsibilities, which evolved into a rating system that was first formally organized by the Royal Navy and later adopted by the United States Navy. This system of rank and position aboard a ship traces its roots to English society. In his book, England's Sea Officers, author Michael Lewis describes the creation of this system as a mix of two hierarchies, one of official ranks and a social divide between gentlemen and non-gentlemen. 
According to History of the Chief Petty Officer Grade by U.S. Navy Chief Warrant Officer 4, Lester B. Tucker, the earliest known use of the term dates back to 1776 when Jacob Wasby, a cook's mate, was pronounced Chief Cook on board the USS Alfred. Although given the title, Tucker surmises that rather than hold any position of authority amongst the crew, it was to denote him as the foremost cook aboard the ship amongst his peers in his rating. Perhaps the earliest formal attempt to create the rank of Chief Petty Officer came in 1853. Jason M. Jurgens, author of Chief Petty Officer Leadership Thesis, wrote that as manning levels increased to accommodate a growing fleet, attempts to establish the precedence of petty officers under Navy regulations began. Initially approved by the president, it was revoked a few months later by the attorney general as only Congress could approve these regulations. The rank of Chief Petty Officer, as it is recognized today, was officially established on April 1st, 1893, with the exception of schoolmasters, ships, writers, and carpenters' mates, all petty officers of the first class were automatically shifted to the new rank in April 1895. Ratings have come and gone to evolve with the modernization of the Navy, but Chief Petty Officer has been used to head these ratings in official capacities since 1893. According to Tucker, only two ratings have remained in continuous use since 1797, boatswain's mates and gunner's mates. Armed with official recognition, chiefs of the past went on to lay the foundation for their modern-day counterparts. As servant leaders, they acted as the unique linchpin between officers and enlisted personnel who executed daily operations and also took a leading role in the career development of junior petty officers. Additionally, chiefs were celebrated not only for their technical expertise, but their administrative abilities. Knowledge in the intricacies of the ship's daily operations and ability to coordinate with various departments gave chiefs unique abilities that were unrivaled by even the most senior officers. With the newly recognized position of authority and expertise, they were bestowed with the uniform devices to recognize their merit. At first, the only distinction was the advent of a rocker to their rating badge. According to Jurgens, barring the Master at Arms rating that used three stripes and a single rocker was added and became official in 1894. The fouled anchor as a cap device was introduced in 1905. Collar devices did not become an official part of the uniform until 1959. Additionally, chiefs were given their own space on ships, referred to as the chief's mess. It's off limits to anyone else, officer or enlisted, without invitation and is affectionately called the goat locker. Up until the Second World War, chiefs evolved into disciplinarians that exercised and dispended a great deal of unwritten naval law. According to The Role of the Chief Petty Officer in the Modern Navy by Don A. Kelso, they served as exacting supervisors, highly proficient specialists, and acted as advocates to higher authority. After World War II, the demobilized Navy was left with a top-heavy organization that frequently utilized chiefs in billets normally filled by junior petty officers. Kelso cites that this overflow of manpower compounded with administrative overhauls to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which frowned upon negative enforcement of discipline, began to obscure the basic importance of the Chief Petty Officer in the modern Navy. The changes did not go unnoticed. As Kelso writes, both Chief Petty Officer and Commissioned Officers recognized the dangers of reducing the vital role of chiefs from servant leaders to mere figureheads. Efforts began to repurpose the mess to reflect the pre-war role of the chief as leaders, specialists, and the main liaison official between officers and the enlisted sailor. The chief petty officer is responsible for three facets of leadership relative to the men placed in his charge, Kelso writes. The effective discipline of their sailors, the effective supervising of the work their sailors perform, and finally, to act as an advocate for their sailors' best interests. 
These repurposing efforts of the past have carried on reflecting the chief of today's Navy. Chief Petty Officers fulfill a vital function in the operation of the Navy's military and work schedule. Drawing on their past, they serve as technical experts, act as the liaison to commissioned officers, and possess the ability to establish and maintain the conditions that provide sailors with opportunities for success. The ability to bridge the gap and provide solutions to both officers and enlisted personnel make them not only silent professionals, but also ensures the old mantra, ask the chief, shall remain a vital part of the Navy well into its future. Okay, so again, what we're going to talk about is chief's packages today. And I'm pumped for this one. I think this is going to be really valuable to some people. I hope it is. Uh, And there's a lot of tribal knowledge, as I mentioned before, misinformation and speculation as to what should be in a chief's package. And it turns out there's a book for that. Uh, Knowing the policy, like we always say, going to the book, reading the book, and following that guidance is how you, the board-eligible sailor, get selected by the board, get selected to chief, right? Uh, So when I was coming up, I remember furiously searching for every scrap of information I could find on how to promote. Uh, I asked people. I read instructions. I Googled it. Everything I could think of. Uh, And this led me to message boards and Facebook groups and speculations and rumors and guesses and essentially misinformation. I started to question the book, which I had read. Uh, I started to focus on the wrong things. I started to believe the wrong things about what I needed to be doing. And specifically, the construction of the Chiefs package. I literally spent time stressing over whether I should whether I could or should use a paperclip, like a paperclip, seriously. Uh, like the use of a paperclip would piss off some mass chief so bad that I would get blacklisted forever and I would never make chief. It was ridiculous. Uh, and I wasn't the only one doing it. So I'm going to do my best to dispel some of that and guide you through the process by the book of how to construct and submit this important piece of your career progression. So fair warning to my normal listeners. Uh, while this is great training, If you have the goal of becoming a chief petty officer someday, this will be long and probably dry if you're a junior E5 or below and are looking for normal leadership development type topics, which we normally do here. Uh, This is specifically targeting prospective chiefs. So I just want to warn you now in advance that if you stick around, that's what you'll be getting for the next hour or so. So like always, uh, and especially after one like this, I'm sure there'll be lots of questions or concerns. So if you have any questions or concerns or feedback or criticism, hit us up. Uh, you can direct message us on Instagram at Degas Podcast. You can email us, don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com or everybody's favorite. You can Facebook message us. Uh, our Facebook pages, don't give up the ship podcast. So if you got anything for us, hit us up. Uh, don't hesitate. It all goes right to my phone and I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. All right. So let's start peeling this back, right? So what is a Chiefs package? We all hear about it, but what is it really? Uh, a Chiefs package also known as you, the members, letter to the board. Okay, the letter to the board is your only authorized correspondence to the board, to the selection board. This is your only opportunity to communicate any information to the board. Uh, There used to be the ability for your command to communicate an award or significant qualification or achievement via naval message after the package deadline, but before the selection board convened, and people still talk about this as if it's the case, This is no longer the case, which I'll get into when we move on to the references. But to get an idea of what this letter to the board looks like, first, get yourself to the Navy Personnel Command or MPC's website. Okay, and go to the boards page. It's one of the first tabs on the left at the top of the page. Uh, This is the most up-to-date source of information on how to construct and submit your package. And it'll also guide you to where we always begin, which are, you guessed it, right? The references or the book. 
So there's several references and it's especially important in this scenario because of all the misinformation. Okay. Uh, there's several resources. The NPC board page I mentioned already, go there, explore that. There are templates, there are tips, all kinds of really great information and it will link you to all these references. Um, but normally we start with the book, which in this case would be the Navy Advancement Manual. But like I said about that uh, correction to it, it, that comes via naval message. And so we're gonna start with the nav admin, okay? All advancement cycles begin with a nav admin. You can find it on Navy Personnel Command's website under reference library, then you go to messages, and then finally to nav admins. And then you go find the one that's specific to your cycle. When the nav admin is released, it contains a wealth of information for all cycles, so any, any advancement cycle. In the case of the Chiefs Board, it has a significant and important information that affects you, beginning with the timeline. In paragraph two of the nav admin, specifically for Chiefs, for the Chiefs Test and Selection Board, uh, and there there will be different nav admins, and it's, it's important to, to pull that apart, right? There's gonna be a January E7 exam message, and then there's gonna be a CPO selection board message. They're different, okay? You wanna find the CPO selection board message, and then in paragraph two, you're gonna find the timeline. It's laid out in very explicit detail, and the most important date that you wanna find there is the deadline for your package submission. Take note of this because it has to be there by the deadline. And they get so exact with their information that it's down to the time zone and time that emailed packages must be submitted or when your mailed package has to be postmarked. So read that, make note of that, put an alarm in your smartphone, whatever you need to do to remind you so that you don't get past that deadline. Because if you do, they will not accept your package. Paragraph five is also equally important as it provides detailed instructions on reviewing your record as well as the ways you can submit your package to the board, which board number you are submitting it to, etc. Take the time to run through this message with a highlighter. Make notes, right? Write in the margins, okay? This is, there's a lot of information that's very important to you constructing your package, properly reviewing your record, submitting your package, etc. This is the point of origin for all the other information. So you wanna start here. I'll cover submitting your package and the methods for doing so in detail later, so just stay with me, okay? Next reference, Navy Advancement Manual, uh, Buper's Instruction 1430.16 series. Uh, the Advancement Manual has a lot of great information in it. This can also be found on NPC under Reference Library, then you go to Instructions, and then Buper's Instructions, and then you'll find it under the number I just mentioned. Generally, I would tell you to start here, but as we mentioned previously, the nav admin supersedes this instruction. There is new information in the nav admin every time, and it specifically calls out the specific information regarding a command's ability to submit a message to the board on your behalf. It's not the case, and it specifically says that it supersedes reference A, which is the advanced manual. So the nav admin is the most current, and it explains that your command can no longer submit the naval message saying, Seaman Timmy won an award and it didn't make it in their package, so we wanted you to know. They can't do that anymore. So make sure you start with an admin. However, so now that I got that out of the way, there is really, really great information in the advanced manual. You need to get in this book. Chapter 12 is entitled Enlisted Selection Boards. And in this chapter, you will find things like the composition of the board, how quotas are determined, and particularly paragraph 1204, documents considered by the board. Want to talk about clarity on what they can see? It's all spelled out right here. So all that confusion, all the, oh, I think they can see uh, incepts and I think they can see all the, it, 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 stop it. Read the book, chapter 12, 
paragraph 1204 specifically. This paragraph references exactly what is considered, which I'll delve into in a more detail next. But what they what the board can see is your official military personnel file or OMPF, your personnel service record or PSR, and your letter to the board or your chief's package. That's it. Again, I'm going to get into more detail on that in a second. So the last reference uh, and they t- that they reference in Chapter 12 is the Milpers Man article, which is Milpers Man 1070 Tech 080, and the title of it is Official Military Personnel File. This is important because it references field codes in the advancement manual about what the board reviews, and those field codes are directly related to documents in your own PF that the board will review, and these codes are 30 through 38. The Milpers Man article is going to break it down in detail what these are, and I'm going to read 30 through 38 for you. So field code 30 is procurement, contracts, enlistment, and re-enlistment documents. For example, service agreements and statements of understanding. 31, classification and assignment, history of assignments, miscellaneous correspondence on classification and assignment. 32, administrative remarks, entries required for permanent retention. 33, separation and retirement. So this is a long description of DD-214, Certificate of Release or Discharge from Active Duty, DD-215, Correction, DD-214, so on. Uh, keeps going, Separation Orders, Reserve Retirement, etc. Okay, so Separation and Retirement Documents. 34, Miscellaneous Professional Service History. All the stuff about uh, when you first came in the Navy. So Record of Military Processing, Drug and Alcohol Abuse Statement of Understanding, Key Employee Determination, Miscellaneous Correspondence Concerning Professional Service History. 35, enlisted performance documents. So performance evaluations, for example, fitness reports, service member rebuttal, letters of explanation, performance evaluation, correspondence. 36, training and education. So NAVPERS 1070-604, enlisted qualifications history. NAVPERS 1070-881, training, education, and qualification history. Language proficiency test, college transcript, and diploma. Completion certificates for courses not documented on NAVPERS 1070-604 or 1070-881. 37, decorations, medals, and awards. Personal award citations, for example, NAVPERS 1070-880, awards history, entitlement letters, and weapon qualification letters. 38, adverse information. For example, unauthorized absence, in hands of civil authorities, court memorandum, punitive letters, drug and alcohol abuse report, civil conviction, probation report, and adverse case files. All right, now that we've finished off all the references, because that was all the field codes that they can review in your OPF, and we finished off all the references, I want to talk about what the board can actually see, which I'm sure is killing you. We're going to get into detail about what they can see. This is what wraps so many people around the axle and causes so much unnecessary stress for board-eligible sailors. Let's provide some clarity here. The Chief Selection Board can see your OPF, field codes 30 through 38, your PSR, which is your personal data summary, and your performance data summary, or performance summary data, excuse me, and your letter to the board, and whatever you send as enclosures to that letter to the board, which composes your package. That's it. That's all they can see. They cannot see anything else. They cannot see your incips. They cannot see your prims. They can see nothing else. Okay, and I know a lot of people think that they can see incips, and they get all these rumors, and oh, they can see prims, and blah, blah. No, they can't. No, they cannot. All they can see is your own PF, your PSR, and your package. The end. So if you want them to see it, knowing what they can see now, if you want them to see it, it goes in your package. 
You will consistently hear the advice given that it's your package. And that is absolutely true. If you want the board to see it, put it in your package, period. There are limiters, right? Like don't submit redundant information, things that are already in your own PF, okay? Avoid ridiculously long documents if you can. But at the end of the day, if you believe the board should consider it in deciding whether your name ends up on that list, send it in your package. So now let's break it down by each each viewable category by the board, okay? So own PF. It is your responsibility to review it. Review your record. If you do not know where your own PF is, which I sincerely hope is not the case, you'll find it at Bupers Online or BOL. It's CAC login required, and you'll go in and use the field codes as a guide, 30 through 38, to scrub your own PF. Okay, and you need to do a couple of things. You need to A, make sure everything that is supposed to be there is in fact present. So awards, evals, etc. Use those field codes. If not, then it's an enclosure to your package. But don't stop there. Take that document that's missing from your own PF to your personnel folks and get it in your own PF. Fix your record. There's absolutely no reason you should have like 30 enclosures in your package. Recognize it early by scrubbing your record and fix your record. Then B, make sure everything that's there is supposed to be there. So if it's not yours, get rid of it. I used to have another guy's evals in my own PF and luckily I caught it back when we were just transitioning from paper to electronic records, okay? Review all the field codes to ensure no one's adverse eval or mass documents are in your record. And it happens. Uh, it, if it is, and you can't feasibly get it fixed before package submission, that is what your package is for. So your letter to the board, that's something you can explain in paragraph two in your letter to the board. Okay, explain that this document is there, that it is not in fact you, and that you're working to fix it. And that is sufficient notification to the board to discard that document from their grading of your package. Okay, and if you don't know how to do this, there are templates on the NPC boards page. One is for just a standard letter with enclosures, and then one is for a letter with enclosures and paragraph two, an explanation of something, like you found some information in your service record that's not yours, or you are missing an eval, it's in there, and you know, you're working to fix it. Those are the examples, and you'll see that in the template, and if you have questions about how to do that, which we'll explain a little bit later, talk to your personnel folks. Okay, next, PSR, and specifically eval continuity. If you haven't heard about eval continuity, pay very close attention. So the PSR, this is a quick reference for the board members to get the performance data and awards info for you specifically. It's fairly straightforward when you look at it. Again, bring any errors uh, you see to the attention of your personnel folks. This is located on BOL. You will see a link that says ODC PSR OSR. You're going to click on that link and then it's going to have three links. One's going to be personnel data summary. That's something you need to click on and take a look at. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a data summary on you as, a, as an individual service member. And then there's a second link and a third link. And you'll see like a pre-1993 and post-1993, I think. And I don't have that in front of me. So, you know, check me on that. But you want the post-1990 whatever, right? No, pretty much all of us that are eligible for chief, if not all of us, I can't imagine there's someone that came in pre-1993 that's just now eligible for chief, but you want the third link and that's gonna be your PSR. That's the PSR they're gonna be looking at. So you wanna click on that and take a look at that, review that for accuracy. 
Next on BOL, you will see a link for CCA slash eval slash FitRep reports. Okay, you wanna click on that link. Next, you will see a link for performance evaluation continuity report. Click here. This report should show unbroken dates listing all your performance evaluations and at the bottom under missing periods it should read no missing periods if it lists a missing period or a gap in your eval continuity you need to address that rapidly uh, later on when i read the retired cmc's uh, feedback he specifically calls out that he has seen missing evals or eval continuity gaps prevent someone from selection because it basically creates an unknown and they're not going to gamble that that's not an adverse eval, okay? So the board looks at five, the last five years. And again, one of the CMC's recommendations is go back at least six years just to be safe. Um, but the board looks at the past five years of evals unless a tie exists in which they'll go back as far as they need to to break the tie, right? But they're primarily, the ties are rare and they're primarily going to be looking at five years back, okay? So your evals need to be present in order for them to do that. So identify the period, get out your I love me binder if you have a gap and take that hard copy of that eval to your personnel office to fix it and submit that missing eval with your package with an explanation on your letter to the board, okay? And that should fill that gap. You should have no issues because they will have all of the evals available to them because they can look at your own PF for everything else because you scrubbed it and you made sure all your evals are there and then the one that was missing is present in your letter to the board. So make sure you take a look at eval continuity and make sure that it's all there and there's no gap in your performance uh, records or your evals so that they can know and they have a full picture of the last five years so that you can compete fairly with everyone else. Okay, now the letter to the board. Your letter to the board is just that. It's a properly formatted letter addressed to the selection board for which you are being considered. So if you're not familiar with SECNAV Manual 5216.5, the Navy Correspondence Manual, this is an example of a moment in time where you should be. There's a reason I brought it up in the last episode about the correspondence and how being able to properly format it and properly communicate to something important like a selection board, why this manual is valuable to that. You're gonna properly format a letter, which is Navy correspondence. Uh, there's also, as I previously mentioned, two example templates on the NPC boards page. So make sure you're taking a look at that and it'll get out crayons and it explains exactly how they want it formatted. And that's on the general information page for the boards on NPC. So use this template and follow the instructions provided. Your letter should list all of your enclosures, should have your name and full social, and be addressed to the correct board number, which you'll find in the NAV admin. And it needs to be signed, it needs to have your signature on there. They will not accept an unsigned letter to the board and package, okay? So make sure it's got that on there as well. All right, so now we all know, we know what it is, right? We've broken down what they can look at. Okay, so what goes in your package? This is another thing people just freak out about. What goes into your package? There's three components that I'm gonna break down right now. Uh, the first one is the letter, okay? Because your package consists of a letter and enclosure. So the letter itself is that properly formatted correspondence that I just talked about. Uh, you need to utilize your personnel folks to help you format it, okay? Because I don't expect you to be some high-level expert at for formatting correspondence. I'm pretty good at it, and I get into correspondence manual a lot, and I still have my ship's yeoman look at it, okay? Because that's what they do for a living. They're subject matter experts on correspondence, so have them take a look at it. 
and then follow the very detailed instructions in all of the references and ensure you sign it, okay? It's very simple, it's just a letter. Then there's enclosures to your, to your letter to the board. Your enclosures are what make just a letter into your package. Your enclosures are what you want the board to see, and this can be anything. It could be an eval or an award that are not in your record yet, okay? It could be a qualification, it could be a certificate or a degree, a professional certification, a report from INSEPS. This one's big. So they can't see INSEPS, but you can run reports and get things like your training, education, and qualification history, NAVPERS 1070-881. It will generate the actual form for you. You can print it out, verify to be a true copy from your personnel officer, done. Submit that as an enclosure, and it'll have those qualifications or education data or training or whatever that you want the board to see. Uh, and then you don't have to use some cheesy screenshot from NCEPS, right? It'll generate a report for you. If you don't have to do that, you can get a, in contact with me. I'll help you out, right? Fiddle around with NCEPS or just talk to your personnel people and they can point you in the right direction. Uh, it's important that each enclosure is legible. It displays your full name, your full social upper right corner and enclosure number in the lower right corner. The full social and enclosure number and the way this is filled out Navy Correspondence Manual to how, how to format the enclosure page. And then your social goes in the upper right-hand corner. Like if you've ever had to submit a an award to get it inputted in your own PF and you have to put your social in the upper right-hand corner, same, same concept. Your name is displayed on the award certificate already. And then in the lower right-hand corner, enclosure number, okay? And then if there's multiple pages to that enclosure, you start numbering them at page two. Again, get in the correspondence manual. It'll help you greatly. And if nothing else, talk to your personnel people, have them look at your package before you submit it or have any chiefs look at it because they've done this before and they apparently did it correctly because there weren't anchors to work, okay? All right, so now the last part I want to talk about, this is a controversial topic, I would say. So the it's called a career summary letter. Um, it's... It's one of those things, I don't know where it came from. I don't know who invented it. Uh, I've heard wildly varying opinions on the career summary letter. It got my attention when I was still wading through all this tribal knowledge. And I'll tell you that I have on numerous occasions, including the one that promoted me to senior chief, submitted a career summary letter to a selection board. And I wanna very clearly and definitively state that I do not believe, I do not believe that this had any real effect on my being promoted. And you'll hear later that neither does the board member that sat the board who has seen packages with both, right? Uh, I do think I probably made some board members job a little bit easier. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, according to my mentor and the guy that, uh, you know, the command master chief that sat those boards, he said, it's, it's not really necessary. They're reviewing a lot of packages each day. So if I can make it a little easier for them to review my record, I've helped them out. I've helped myself by potentially ensuring there's no human error uh, out of simple fatigue and just being human. Uh, so in my mind, at the, at the time, it was a win-win. So that's why I decided to do it. I don't think it made any difference on anyone being promoted, including me. So uh, I mean, at best, at the very best, it's just a helpful tool for the person reviewing the package. But again, like I said, the board member whose gouge I'm about to provide to you uh, when I'm done basically said it's completely unnecessary. So it's one of those things that, again, like if you are convinced 
it's a thing. If some other board member told you it was a big deal and that's your mentor and you want to take that advice, you go right ahead. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to get you promoted over someone else. So let's leave it at that. All right. So the, the method, how do you submit your package? Okay. Uh, there's three main methods. First, the old fashioned way, you can just mail it. Uh, there's specific guidance on how to do this in the advanced manual and the nav admin. So don't staple anything. It just, you know, that makes the, the great folks at Millington's job harder. Just put everything in order in an envelope that will protect it and ship it to the address on the nav admin to the correct board number for which you are being considered. It's all in the nav admin. And the nav admin also specifically discourages certified mails that can delay shipping. It can take longer, right? You don't want your package to be late. Uh, so just regular mail, send it in. If you don't like that because, oh my God, it might get lost in the mail, right? Encrypted email is next up, right? Uh, this is the way I've generally done it is electronically. Uh, I, just, I like it better and I can get a positive response, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, so you can scan it and email it and it needs to be encrypted, obviously, because there's PII all over this thing. Personally identifiable information, in case anybody didn't know what that acronym meant. So there are literally paid employees in Millington removing your paper copies, scanning them in, and then shredding them. Okay, They're, those originals aren't going anywhere except into a shredder. So, you know, why not save the paper and save them a little work? You can email it uh, to CSCSEL board, B O A R D. Okay, so CSCSEL board at navy.mil. That address is in the nav admin as well, in case you don't trust my uh, enunciation or, or pronunciation of it. Uh, but you must have the ability to encrypt it. And if you can't encrypt it, there's a, a service that's free to you and it's CAC required and it's called AMRDEC or AMRDEC, however you want to pronounce it. It's A-M-R-D-E-C. If you Google Army Safe File Exchange or AMRDEC, uh, it'll, it'll be the first thing that pops up. Okay, so the Army Safe File Exchange. It can be found uh, online. Like I said, just Google it. I'm not going to try to spell out this URL, but it'll be in the outline just like all the other websites and locations for everything else I talked about. This service requires a CAC login, but will walk you through uploading your file, which is your scanned package, and then how to send a secure email. And it will even give you the option of having them, the service, email you when the package is downloaded. So that that's the warm fuzzy I liked when I would attach my file because I couldn't encrypt email from my last command. I would uh, attach the file and then send the email and I could check that option so that when they downloaded it in Millington, I got this little email saying, hey, your file has been downloaded. And that made me, okay, you know, I felt good because they, they have my package and they downloaded it and I'm good to go. Okay, so those are the three methods. Any confusion about that, the nav admin will clear it up or ask your personnel people for help, okay? All right, so that's what I've got for your letter to the board for your chief's package, okay? Uh, the last part of this, I'm really excited that I got this information. A mentor of mine, he was uh, he was my CMC or my Cobb on, on the submarine I made chief on, amazing guy. And he sat both the chief's board and the senior chief's board. And he provided me with some information that I'm going to read verbatim. Uh, if you download the outline, it will be in there as well. Any little italics are just, I clarified it a little bit. Um, added a little information, just very tiny bits to provide some context of what he was saying. But I'm going to read this verbatim because it's just, it's great the way it is. And I hope this is helpful and insightful for you, uh, kind of pulling the shroud back just a little bit because a lot of it is kind of kept secret for a reason. Um, but we'll pull the, pull the curtain back just a touch and clarify things a little bit. So uh, this is me reading the board member information from Command Mass Chief Submarines Retired. 
that sat both the Chiefs board and the CU Chiefs board. Okay. At best, we grade about 20 to 25 records a day. We work 12 hours a day, six days a week, at least at the beginning. Uh, if you know someone whose package you're reviewing, but do not think you can be objective, you do not grade their record. If you know someone and have adverse information about them that is not in their record, you cannot say anything or you will be disciplined. You will be in deep trouble. If you know them and can clarify good points, you are allowed to add that information. If a package is sent to the board, it is scanned into what's called EMPRS, Electronic Military Personnel Record System. It's just the system that they use in Millington to conduct the board. It's what they're scanning everything into. If you send a package, it has to be reviewed. If you send the information, do not worry so much about quote unquote pissing off the board. If it is pertinent, the board will review it. Uh, review your INCEPS and PSR to look for any gaps in eval data. Uh, I have seen missing a missing eval cause a sailor to not get selected. While the board looks at your entire record, the last five years of evals are what count. A missing eval 10 years ago will not make a difference in a sailor selection. Go back six years to be safe. It's for that tiebreaker thing we were talking about. If an award is missing on your PSR, but we find it in your OMPF or your record, we count it. If an award is missing on your PSR and your record, but you send it to the board, we count it. If a qualification is not in your record, but we find it in an eval, we count it. If you include a certified copy of your page four with the qualification listed, we count it. Things to include in your package, if not already in your OMPF. Awards, so Navy Achievement Medals, Navy Commendation Medals, Sailor Quarter, Sailor of the Year, include copies of the certificate. Copy of a diploma or certificate for education. Last five years of evaluations, again, if not already in your own PF, especially if you transfer. Transfer evals are notorious for not getting entered in your record. And then page fours with qualification or education data, not generally updated in your own PF. So you want to get the most current copy from INCEPS, generate the report, and then submit that with your package. I do not think a career summary letter really makes any difference. We can read your evals and a PSR to get a pretty good idea of who you are and where you've been. Now on to how the board works. So grading. The board decides attributes to be graded. The scoring and point system is secret, but we determine what quals someone should have. And he's speaking from a submarine perspective, so he lists diving officer of the watch, chief of the watch, duty chief, senior rate, etc. I included things for your surface folks, Deckett, OOD, CEO. Not familiar with kind of aviation or CBs or other communities, but those you guys know what those are. You ladies know what those are. So those kind of things I'm sure you're aware of. What collateral duties to grade, command career counselor, your analysis coordinator, CFL, sapper, etc. We consider education and community service. Watch qualifications are going to count more than collateral duties and collaterals more than community service. Strength of recommendation for chief counts, and he's talking about block 43 and an eval. Do not have the recommendation removed to be replaced with recommended for officer programs if that's also a career goal that you have. The board wants to see the recommendation for chief. The officer programs will equate a great recommendation for chief with a great recommendation for the selection to an officer program. 
plus for CWO LDO stuff or any other officer programs, the commanding officer, the skipper is allowed to write a separate letter. And that's a, the CO's endorsement, which is required for officer, any officer programs application. Two people will grade your record according to the previously mentioned attributes. If they are 100 points apart, the two board members will discuss the differences and it is normally resolved there. If they cannot resolve it, the record is given to two other members to grade. Uh, deliberation. Once the records are graded, we find a natural break in the grading. If we are selecting 20 sailors, uh, that line could be at sailor number 50. This list is then presented to the board president and approved. Then deliberation or the murder board. The board members from that panel who graded your record will brief that individual and we will vote one over the other for every record. Sailors move up and sailors move down as we determine who is the most qualified. This can be very heated of a process. Once we have our slate, we take it to the board president and brief our last select and the next three non-selects. If the president does not approve our slate, we go back to the previous process. If it is approved, that slate goes to the tank. Okay, so now the tank. Your panel briefs your selections, criteria, description of your rate, etc. to the other panels or the other rating panels. There's a secret electronic vote. If there is above a certain percent approval, your slate is approved and your recommendations for selection to chief are forwarded to NAFPERS. If not, you go back to the murder board process until you have your selectees. So that's the end of the input from the retired command master chief on the board process, on what's considered for selection, on, on the package and everything. Uh, I was really happy to get that information. He also went through the whole outline to make sure I wasn't coloring outside the lines or, or assuming anything or whatever, because the only perspective I have is being on on the same side you've been on. <laughs> I hope to sit on the selection board soon, but but I haven't gotten to do that yet. So to get his input and validation of the outline was huge. I hope that information was really helpful for you. Uh, so it's conclusion time. So we talked about what the chief's package is and what it contains the references governing that process, and then how to construct and submit your chief's package. And then we got really amazing gouge from a retired command mass chief that has sat both the chief's and senior chief's board. So we've covered pretty much everything there is to cover in this arena. Uh, and it's really important that you know the policy, you read the book, and then follow that guidance. That's how you, the board eligible sailor gets selected by that board. That's how we make chief. And that can be the difference, taking the time to review your record, make sure everything's there, uh, taking the time to understand the policy, to understand how a chief's package is constructed, to do that correctly, to make sure that you submit everything correctly. The difference between a board package being considered and not considered could be a signature. So it's important that you take the time to read these references, to do that studying on your own. The people that do, the people that go line by line through this thing with, with a fine tooth comb and highlight and write the margins and make sure they're checking every box and then have chiefs and senior chiefs and match chiefs review their packages. I had, a, I had a first class at my last command that found the board precepts, which are on the boards page, which is literally a debrief on what the board is looking for for that selection board. And then he found the board membership list from that previous year, and he just cold called and emailed every board member, including the submarine guys, and he was a surface sailor, and asked them to review his package and for any tips 
or suggestions or advice that they had on how to improve his chances to be selected for chief. That is what I'm talking about. Okay, take the time to put the like put the effort in. Take the time, put the effort in, review these references. Go line by line through it. Get all this information so that you're an expert on what this process is and how it works so that you set yourself up for the best chance to succeed, for the best chance to get selected and to go through phase two and to pin on those anchors. Um, There's no reason you shouldn't if you're fully qualified and you're the best of the fully qualified. Uh, And this process can be daunting. It can be confusing. It can be very intimidating. And there is a host of misinformation out there. And I don't know of, and I could be wrong, I know there's some slide decks floating around, but I don't know of any good quality training out there that really sets somebody up for success. And that's what I was going for with this podcast. Uh, And that's why I'm doing the follow on YouTube video, which should be coming soon. Uh, And I hope that's helpful. I want you to share it and send it to people and, and hopefully it can help them out and set them up for success as they approach this process. Because I remember how helpless I felt. I remember how confused I was, uh, how many dumb questions I asked. And, and sometimes I got conflicting guidance from, uh, from my chiefs and from, from other board eligible first classes. And so, uh, it was very confusing and it luckily, <laughs> to a certain extent, luckily it worked out in my favor. So, uh, if you have questions about anything, please get a hold of me. I would even be happy to review chiefs packages as long as you're not sending me any personally identifiable information. Uh, I'd even be happy to do that. It's something I enjoy doing with the people that I work with in my command and anybody I'm mentoring. So if if you have no other resource or you feel like you have no other resource, uh, please hit me up. I'll do that. I'll answer questions. I'll point you to the resources. You know, I'll help you format your letter, whatever. But I encourage you also to seek out that help at your own command. There, I guarantee you there is a senior listed human being at your command or near it that is just chomping at the bit to help people with this. So seek those people out. You'll know them when you see them. Uh, they're the, the very motivated, hoo-yah, uh, anchor-wearing folks. So uh, it, it, they're usually pretty easy to spot. So I, I'm confident that there's one in your area. If there, And again, if there's not, hit me up. I'm happy to do it. I hope this helped. Good luck to everybody out there. Again, if you need anything from us, you can Facebook message us, Don't Go Up The Ship Podcast. Uh, you can direct message us on Instagram at DGUS Podcast, or as always, you can email us. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. I apologize for my nasal sounding uh, a voice this time around. My throat's bothering me. I'm stuffed up and congested. Uh, it, with the seasons changing, it's just kicking my butt a little bit. But uh, I'm really, really excited to get this topic out there. And I hope you got something out of it. And that's all I got for this week for episode 25. Chiefs packages. Thanks for listening and don't give up the ship. Mm-hmm.